Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 26th episode, she is straight from Allentown, Pennsylvania, all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. She is an alum of Belmont University, a fantastic singer-songwriter with her first single, Love School, which has been played in multiple uh, radio stations, expanding her following, and soon she might end up at the Country Music Awards, the Grammy Awards, all types of awards. So she is a woman of talent, just born for the stage all the way from age three up till now, and she's here to talk about her life, her career, her passions, everything, and I'm excited to have her. So, ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Alex Allegra. How's it going, Alex? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's going great. So happy to be here. Excellent. So, Alex, one thing that always happens in the upcoming is I always allow my guests to introduce themselves. So, in your own words, who and what exactly are you? Yeah. So, I am a Nashville pop singer-songwriter. Um, that kind of evolved from my love of living here in Nashville and my very pop roots. Um, my dad raised me on Billy Joel and Elton John and all those classic rock and pop people, Madonna, um, Michael Jackson, all of them. So my uh, love for music really started at an early age. And I originally thought I was going to do musical theater and I was in drama clubs and everything growing up. But around high school, sophomore year, I was in a band and had started writing a song for a contest that I wanted to enter. Um, one of my favorite performers I got to meet, and they were part of the songwriting contest, and I really wanted to try and meet them in a more professional light. Um, but I didn't win the contest, which is fine, but I got a lot of great feedback, which just propelled me to say, like, wow, I can really write songs and I can sing them for people, and that was so exciting to me because I had never really thought that I could do it, and I never knew that songwriting was a full professional in itself. I thought people just sang songs, and they just received those songs. So then I knew I needed to get down here to Nashville eventually, and I found that through college, luckily, and that was a very random chance thing. My mom and I had found these ads kept popping up for this school called Belmont University, and I was like, no, I'm going to go to Berkeley, and I'm going to study music up there, and I'm going to stay up in the north, and then um, just one by one little things came together that was like, no, here is a great place to learn the music industry, right in Nashville, right where you want to be, right where your songwriting inspiration has come from, and it just kind of led from there. So now I play all the time, and I write all the time, and I have learned to just love the balance of where I'm at and where I can push myself to go. It's so funny how, you know, failure and like not always winning, like losing sometimes can still be like sort of a blessing in disguise because it helps you just further like cement like this is what I want to do. This is my passion. There you got like yeah. this great feedback and lets you know like this is where I want to be. Just so amazing how one thing can lead to another and you're just where you are now. But yeah. I, I got to ask a little bit about so your dad got you into music through like playing so many different like pop icons you said madonna billy joel michael jackson and it's so interesting that uh you found yourself doing like you know in the in the country music scene of nashville where you know it's still pretty popular but i've noticed that pop and country music like pop is a lot faster pace and like sort of like upbeat and pop music is kind of slow and sort of like was on a certain rhythm. So how do you see like the but still there's I'm sure there's plenty of similar I know there's plenty of similarities with pop and country. What do you see um as sort of the like sort of main like similarities and besides the differences of course? Yeah. So pop country music is what I originally was describing my sound to people as just a general basis of like a Marin Morris kind of Kelsey Ballerini, obviously Taylor Swift comes to mind when you think that. But I thought my music was different in the sense that I was still telling a story, but I was so much telling my story with pop 
beats and sounds and electronic, more music-based drums, while still incorporating real elements that country music has in it. So I thought pop country wasn't exactly what I was classified as, so I kind of derived it from there and said Nashville pop was more my sound um, because it incorporates that storytelling and the live music real aspects of it in the recording studio with that pop, very catchy, very hooky, um, very melody-driven um, sounds that I was always very accustomed to. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. And I also, and while I was asking a question, it got me thinking about a lot of um, country music artists that still, like, were able to still blend those same, like, elements of pop, that catchiness. You know, Carrie Underwood, Casey Musgraves, oh. yeah, you know, Tim McGraw, um, like, those, 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 like, icons who were able to do it. It's sort of, it's just an art to it, you know, just that way they're able to take these different genres and blend them together. Uh, so you like kind of just see the art in that, just the way everything like is able to be put together. Yeah, from a young age, I didn't really have like, oh, I have to listen to these kinds of musics and like, oh, only like certain aspects. Like I've always kind of looked at music as such a range and a spectrum, and I've always grabbed from everything, and I've never turned away listening to something, whether or not I listen to it further beyond like a, a rough listen is different, but I've always been exposed to a lot of different music. I mean, my dad especially has played so much, everything from like polka music to heavy metal to rap, like we listened to everything growing up, so nothing was really off the table as far as getting some kind of inspiration from something. Wow, just right there. Always inspiration, always just yeah. different sounds, different everything. So let's just go a little bit further into uh, your backstory because you were starting you know, with age three and you've just always had a knack for just performing arts and for just being on stage. And so, you know, you did a little bit of theater and, you know, could you could you imagine yourself like doing theater um, if you weren't doing music or you, at some point you decide like, nah, theater isn't really for me anymore? Yeah, I still really miss doing theater and being in that world. I just knew at a certain point that it wasn't going to be for me professionally when I went to college. I really thought about it, and I really put my heart and soul into theater, and I am classically trained. I'm usually theater trained in dance and voice and, and acting. I've done that for years. Um, but it, it pushed me into well, I play all these other characters on stage and I'm already so confident and comfortable in a stage setting. Why can't I play my own character and my own self and bring that to life? So when I made that transition, it was like, oh, I'm still doing musical theater, but I'm doing it as presenting myself and my story and my character to the forefront of it. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up classical music that got me thinking of something. And this is a question I've asked uh, previous guests before but i'm curious of what you think uh alex so you know when we think of classical music we often think of you know the the ogs mr uh beethoven mozart bach uh chopin yeah. and yet uh and yet we also this classic in different other fields like classic rock you know queen elton john david bowie so in your Interviews, uh, Alex, how would you define, like, classic, really? I think something for me that's classic is something that just stands the test of time or you know is going to stand the test of time just based off of, I think it has to have a couple of years in it. Like, I, I think we all want to say certain people right now are going to be classics, and I think they will. Uh, one person for me that, like, brings, brings to mind is, is Taylor Swift. And I think she's proven herself in the industry enough. She's been around for 10 years, and she's not lost her role yet. She's still going to keep on going, and I think she's somebody that we'll still talk about as record-breaking and groundbreaking. But I think to be a classic right now currently, you have to have the years. You have to have the backing behind you. You have to show that I think that when the tribute bands start coming out and, you know, you got all that behind you, you're, you're a classic kind of, stand in time, but can also translate to multiple generations. And 
they're always going to kind of pick up and find you again. That's kind of my definition of a classic artist. Interesting. I think we can both agree. Taylor Swift, that woman is a force of nature. Like, I don't know how she but she's just, for 10 straight years, she's been just the biggest superstar around. Just countless Grammys. She's she's practically unstoppable. Um, (laughs) But, you know, she has... I was, she has sort of taken, she has gone from like country to pop, and now she's taken a much more a little subtle, I think, a little edgier um, approach to her pop music. Can you notice that? It's, yeah. It's it's really it's really kind of interesting, and I see it as her like saying like you know I'm just gonna like evolve and kind of like move in to like um, a much new style. She's kind of she's kind of just like I said, evolving, sort of just adapting. Really, that thing's a better yeah. word. Just. Yeah. changing a little bit. So when you see, like, how an artist can, like, change their sound and their um, the mood of their music over a course of, um, you know, a decade or just maybe even a few years, like, what do you think is, like, the mindset uh, behind this change, Alex? I think when people are trying to make new sounds and, and keep evolving like that, it's really just to stay on top of, what's current and what has always worked for them. I think it's that, like, nice blend of, like, how can they push themselves. I think people that are able to be classic artists and stand the test of time really have a way of pushing themselves and knowing what works and twisting it and evolving it into something that is completely different yet also has that familiarity to it. Because you want that little bit of familiarity. Like, fans know what to expect with some person. And I think when people fall short, it's because they just stick with that one thing and they don't keep evolving and pushing. Does that, that answer? makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, people, you know, got to stay current and stay with, like, you know, never, never be, like, just flat, you know? Just yeah. always look to, like, reach an upward scale. And yeah. I do and agree tough. with you. It is so yeah. tough. I find it even in myself when I write. I, I'll i go through periods of, like, I'm listening to one certain artist, and so I know that I'll see certain, like, little influences, and it's really cool when that's beginning because you get all these cool sounds and you're thinking outside of your box and your comfort zone, and then you get stuck in that little, oh, what about these chords and these chords and these chords and this rhythm and this rhythm? And then you realize you just wrote five songs back to back with the same rhythm and same chords and same little melody loops here and there. And then you got to switch yeah. it up again. You got to find new artists. That's why I go on Instagram and I ask people, give me new artists to listen to. And then I take all that information and I sit and dissect a new artist and then I get new inspiration. Something that I've never thought to listen to before. Yeah, seriously. Um, I just have. Just had another question, but you know, why don't we just um, go into um, screenwriting for? Um, we'll we'll go into that um, in a minute, and let's just um, go into the last bits of you know your background. So, I wanted to talk to you about um, your time at that arts camp. I think it was called uh, Interlochen. Interlochen, yeah. Which I know was a huge um, inspirational moment for you, and one of the um, just greatest pushes into your music career. But I wanted to hear about like just how much like. Just what about it impacted you the most uh, when you left? You're like, I know what I want to do. This is my destiny. Yeah, Interlochen was a great summer. I learned so much about what songwriting is and how to network and really how to do the artist thing successfully. It was a lot of people that had been in the industry for a long time and This was a brand new program that they had started. I believe we were one of the first groups to go through it. And it's two weeks and you're in Michigan and you're in the woods and your sole purpose is to make friends hang out and write songs. And that was so nerve wracking for me at first because it was the first time I was away from home. It was the first time I was just on my own and all I had to do was songwrite. And I was still a little baby songwriter, freshly new to this whole craft. So I was, Confident that I could write songs, but I didn't know that I could sit and write four songs in two weeks when that was the only thing that you were able to do. I had never done songwriting prompts before, which 
are a great thing I've learned. And I love when people give little songwriting prompts here and there on Instagram and stuff because I'm like, ooh, yes, let's let's stretch out our brains and let's do some new exercises. Or my parents always get me books now after that whole experience of little daily writer quotes or and um, daily prompts so I can sit and write. Uh, but the, that summer showed me a lot of my potential in songwriting. It was the first time I even got to co-write with somebody, which was really cool. We did group projects. And each week we, every, it was like a rotation cycle. So like one day was prompt, the next day was a write day, and then the third day we shared it in front of the class. And I was sitting the first day all alone and I was super shy and was holding these songs and I was like, no one can touch these. Like, I was very close and personal to my songs still. So everything was like, oh, what if they don't like it? What if they don't do this? And then I, I, one song came easier than the next. And they were stuff I never would have thought to write about. I wrote a blues song. I wrote something completely out of my genre that I would never think to write. And it became one of the favorite songs at the camp, ironically enough. So... It was a big turning point in the fact that I was like, okay, I can push myself further than I thought I could, and it got me out of my comfort zone, and then I went back and started writing with people and started writing a lot by myself. Um, I still write a lot by myself today, even though I know the Nashville way is very much to co-write. Um, my take on that is that I always have me, and I always have my ideas floating around, and so I always try to write a lot by myself I also write in like the middle of the night when I'm trying to go to sleep so um that's my also <laughs> bad habit is that I'll wake up and try to write a whole bunch of stuff um but Interlochen was a really fun time and I don't think I would have wanted to go to Belmont and do all the things that I have done thus far if I hadn't taken that little mini Belmont opportunity and it was able to expand it from there I absolutely love that because you know what? It taught you to sort of fight that comfort and get, like you said, just get out of your comfort zone and just do new things, be around people who, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have like wanted to be around. And just when you were protective of that, um, of your songs until finally they came out and everybody loved it. That's see, that's, that's the beauty of like, just being a bit daring, you know, and just like being out and just in new environments and, just you know, just just learning to have it's just like full trust in like in your own abilities and yeah. that's 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 a beautiful story, you know? That's and so when you write these songs and you whether at, at midnight or uh at, at daytime in your studio or at home, what's something that you're always thinking of first when writing them? Is it like the melody, the hook, the first lyrics? Like what's the first thing on your mind? Yeah, I write a lot together. Melody and lyrics come to me all in one. So I or I'm very melody driven. So if it's not the lyrics, it's this hook, and then it's going to lead into this melody, and then it's going to lead into this line, so that I have a big structure to work with. Uh, I normally play my guitar a little bit too, but that my my sole instrument is my voice. So if I'm going to riff on anything and just make stuff up, it's going to be on my voice. So that's normally what I start with, um, which is why I think melodies come so much easier to me than necessarily the words is because I'm always humming something or singing something and without the words. So it's always just right there on the tip of my tongue then. So. Random question. Uh, what kind of guitar do you have? I have a Martin at Performance Series. D28, and then I have, I just got this really cool Strat acoustic, which is the Fender half electric, like half acoustic guitar, and you just like switch it into different modes, and one's like really electric sounding, and one's a cool Martin acoustic tone sounding, and I've wow. loved playing that lately. Wow, sounds expensive. Yeah, it was my late Christmas present to myself, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, then. <laughs> All right, that's what what a better way to gift yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh so interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's 
really when you have me thinking like the melodies and like lyrics all come in at once in you know when you were saying like how your vocals is it like your biggest instrument when you're humming and everything it got me thinking of like acapella really because that instance, like the vocals are the only instrument like that one group uh you ever heard of pentatonics yeah yeah they're they're phenomenal with it but it's just it's so it's so fascinating how just the the voice alone can like carry an entire song and like bring like different noises and imitations that a drum or a guitar can make and like how do you like how do you see like just how do you see the vo- would you ever let me ask you a better question would you ever make a song with like just the vocals and no instruments or would you still have instruments that's a good question i definitely have tried in the last couple productions and just in my own little personal studio and writing sessions, doing a lot more with my vocals than I have in the past. Um, In the past, it's been a driving force when I've made music with some of the people back home, but when I've been down here in Nashville, it's very musically riff-driven and very vocal present and heavy because I work with a lot of people that are also vocalists, so they know how important the vocals are, but they also want to have about five riffs on my keyboards and guitars and bass and like everything has to have its own little riff which is great in its own and it's very catchy and it's very fun and that's the kind of music I make is fun and catchy and I'm happy to do that too but I think with these next recordings um, especially the one I'm about to release soon uh, I, I've explored a lot more with my vocals and it's definitely something that's in the forefront of my mind for the next songs that I release in the future as well alright then so now, speaking of uh, songs, let's just uh, go into your song, uh, with Love School. So, we, I got, I got to know about it, you know, just yeah. inspirations, just the the thoughts behind, like, the melodies, just just tell, tell all about yeah. uh, Love School. Yeah, I've never really gotten to talk about the song um, before, so this is exciting. Uh, I wrote it about, gosh three or four years ago now because it was about a year to two years old when I recorded it and put it out. So it was already an older song of mine, but it was one that I wasn't expecting people to love as much as they did whenever I'd play it out. And I got a lot of requests like, why don't you put that song out? And I started shopping around for my first single and I had a whole list of other songs that I was like, maybe it's this one, I think it's this one. And then everyone kept coming back like, what about Love School and what about this song? And I was like, really? I love it, but really? And they were like, yeah, I think that's I think that's the choice. And the more I sat down and listened to maybe what the production was going to sound like and talking with my first producer about the process of it, he and I just looked at each other and were like, it's Love School. And I went back to my co-writer, Justin Love, and I was like, we're going to record Love School. I'm so excited. But the song came about and the it was our first co-write, me and Justin's first co-write. I think maybe my first co-write ever in Nashville, even, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and I had the chorus written because I had just broken up with the guy that, well, it wasn't really a breakup. We It was one of those situationships um, where we, like, kind of dated, kind of didn't. And I was in the middle of school, and I was, like, we just failed that whole test. Like, we failed everything in this relationship, big F. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. And then I related it back to, well, what if love was a school? Because there's a Kaylee Shore song that I really love. And uh, it's something about where do you learn to break a heart and, like, a, a school kind of a concept. And I was like, oh, what if we twist that and make it love school? And then it came about from there. So I had that chorus and that first verse written out and I brought it to my very first co-write and I was like I have this idea same melody and everything and he was like I love that and he helped me change a couple things here and there just to make it flow a lot better and then we wrote the second verse and the bridge together and the second verse and the bridge is one of my favorite my especially my favorite line that he came up with is and though the history was easy till it became me, and I still love that song. I mean, that line of my song. Um, and he adds little riffs and stuff that just made the process so much more fun than me sitting in my room dwelling over this 
little relationship that was nothing and writing this sad, sad, lonely girl song about it. And so it made the process just fun. And the song is so much fun. And it, when we got into the studio, we just wanted to bring that fun into it. And that's why we have the big drums at the end. And just it, it is a breakup song, but I, I feel like when you listen to it, it's not exactly like, oh, I'm sad, I'm broken up. And it's like, we just failed this thing. And now we're going to sing about it, and it's going to be fun, and and I love that. So. Tell me a little bit more about your uh, relationship with your co-writer, Justin Love. I just want to hear, like, tell me about the chemistry you two have that helped you um, put this song uh, together. Yeah, we were uh, close friends. He was one of the first people to really believe in me here in Nashville and, and say, you've got to pursue this when I was here and feeling kind of down on my luck about the talent that is here even though I was fairly fairly warned like to take everything in as inspiration but you're always going to have your little moments of it being very overwhelming to take everything in as an inspiration instead of not just competing with yourself and with others so I was having one of those moments and he got coffee with me and we just chatted about life and it was first a great friendship and it was able I was able to talk about what I was going through, and then we got in the co-writing session room, and he was like, so how's that guy? And I was like, oh, well, let me tell you. And then I had this song written out about it, and he was like, okay, so let's – I used to call it therapy time with him, and we would turn it into a song. That was always, like, my therapy session with him was turning it into a song. Um, but we're we're still friends. Um, he's super busy. I don't see him as often as I wish I could now, um, but – we're both really busy and both really doing great. He's a great writer to be around. He's a great person to be around. He's just super happy all the time and um, very supportive of his friends. And he was just a really great co-write to have. And I've written with him a couple times since. And one of the other songs that we've written is coming out this year. And that's very exciting as well. Nice. That's amazing. Lisa, he sounds like an awesome dude. I'm yeah. so happy you're able to do this song with him. But it just does really get me thinking about, you know, when you are co-writing songs with other people and just that uh, collaboration. So you said you um, do a lot of these songs on your own, but you're still, like, able to work with other people. So is there something particular that you uh, look for in others when you're uh, working with them, like a sort of, like, artistic passion or just, like, a certain flow? Like, is there anything at all? Yeah, that's a really great question. Picking co-writers has been a very weird journey with me because I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of people on how to pick co-writers or it was you should be picky but not too picky or you should write with everybody and everything but also you need to hone in on your own skills and what you want and don't want. So I was always like going from one extreme to the other with it. Um, and I was either trying to write with everybody all at once and then I'd overwork myself and, and have to take a little hiatus and that wasn't really helping the creative flow the way I wanted it to, or I was just writing by myself a lot because I wasn't feeling the connections with people the way that I wanted to and the way I thought I was supposed to be doing it. So this year I've taken a lot of steps. I've, I've worked with some people that have helped me figure out how to compartmentalize all these different aspects of the music industry and how to think about things in a certain and strategic way. And I've been able to say, this is the time I'm going to write, and I've opened myself up to more people and not focused so much on digging into everything about them and just letting what happens in the room happen. And that's created so much of a more open, friendlier, fun co-write session, and it's gotten me to look past a lot of things I would have thought in the past. Like, I would have most likely tried to just fit what their style was and think, oh, I can write somewhat like this. I think we would be a great fit because I can mold myself to work with you when now I'm co-writing and I'm just like, oh, okay, we get along. Let's try and write a song together and let's just see what happens. And letting the creativity flow from that, just genuine getting alongness um, has really been a great benefit to the songwriting process. How about that? So you connect with them on like, so just a human level first, just, yeah. Hey, we, you know, we're, we're, we work, we're, 
we do we were good together, you know. Let's just yeah. let's work together. Let's let our creative juices flow. I love that, you know, because a lot of artists only look for people on like connecting people on a professional level. You know, it's just like I don't care yeah. much about you as a person. I just need you for your skills. That's why they might end up working with someone they could absolutely despise, you know, and that's just yeah. a bad bad work environment. But you 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 want to reach out to them on a on a, on a personal level. And I, and I do agree that that does make you know it does make the the job a lot more fun and helps just get more ideas flowing, and yeah, it, it definitely says a lot about like how you do things, Alex. So in your next songs, uh, in your songs coming into the future, do you anticipate that you would end up like changing like the tone at all, like maybe either making it more upbeat or like more like mellow or just more downhill? Like how are you? Um, and anticipating this. Yeah, I really looked at all of my songs and catalog and thought about the different themes and the different tempos and not getting stuck in that musical little box that we were talking about earlier and really making sure that I had three very distinct sounding songs that I was about to put out. Um, oh, and I just spoiled that I'm releasing three songs over the course of the next year. I should have said um, The next group of songs that I was releasing and the first one I wrote by myself and was one that I knew I had to put in the mix because it was a very personal song for me. Um, mm. And something I think a lot of people have connected to over the past year that I've played it out in writer's round. Um, and I really looked for making sure that I had a lot of different sounds and, and textures put into the recordings as well. Um, they each have their own unique little spin on things as far as what the bridges sound like versus openings, starting with softer openings versus bigger openings and endings. And Love School was just such a big pop, Nashville pop country kind of sound that I came barreling in with. So I was like, where am I going after this? Um, and I think this next song is going to slow it down a little bit, but in a very fun perspective. Nice. Okay, then. I look forward to hearing it. Uh, I had one more question. Oh, yeah. So, besides the other, uh, besides, you know, that situationship, we're going to call it, that inspired uh, love school, I know uh, when you talked about humming, when you talked about, you know, all the different ways you get ideas, I just thought, you know, a lot of artists, a, a buddy told me that's one thing that a lot of artists uh, uh, causes a lot of ideas, artists eh, to become one hit wonders is that they put everything in their life into like this one, maybe album or this one song. And yeah. then they can't keep up with like, or even like surpass what they had before. They didn't like live enough. So he told me like to always just like, you know, live life in between what you create and just continue to build inspiration. So what are some of the different ways besides, you know, relationships and your own personality that you look for, inspiration or you look for just that artistic like flow that helps inspire and create your your music that's a great question i think i get stuck in my own ways a lot and i noticed that in the past year i've had the same job for the whole year now that i'm out of school you know i've had the same relationship i've had the same friend group so i wasn't getting my extra external different and that led to inspiration from different places, I wasn't getting that anymore from the change in my routine. So I had to make that for myself. And that meant doing everything from how am I going to take care of myself better and do stuff that's just for me. Um, dance has always been a big passion of mine, and I missed dancing. So what did I do? I went to dance. And that is different music and different ways of communicating songs to people and that's gotten me out of my comfort zone completely and turned my inspiration around so that's always a great way to clear my mind and I think even going back to our earlier conversation of finding co-writes I just by not even looking up who these like knowing enough to like say oh hi I know we have some things in common that we can talk about when I don't know this person that I'm walking into a co-write with but also like not knowing enough to be like fitting into mold. It's just like letting those juices flow in the songwriting room. I think that's a great way to keep things fresh and new because when you have expectations on those 
kinds of things, it's very easy to let the right fall through just on purpose instead of just letting things naturally and organically grow from just ideas floating around. I think being open to just these random ideas, I used to never, I used to over listen to conversations and be like, try to pick out, oh, that's a really good song title or that's, and instead I've just been like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, and just like writing things down a lot more and just like picking and choosing and then coming back to it has always been more fun now because it's not like, oh my God, that was the perfect idea and if I don't write it in this moment, then it's never going to happen and instead I'm coming back to things and I'm getting new perspectives and new eyes on them and, and they're turning out better than probably they would have if they would have just been this one moment in time. And I think that helps with the whole one-hit wonder thing of not getting stuck in time is relaying how certain emotions make you feel based off of experiences and still being able to tell your story with your new interests and new outlooks on life. I think being able to revisit my past experiences, I thought I had to live them in the moment, and if I didn't, then that was it. The experience is closed, and I've kind of gone back to old experiences with new eyes on things and been able to gather new information on that, and it's generated new songs. It's generated new melodies. It's generated a whole other side of my professional and songwriting life as well as how it changed my personal life. How about that? You know, when you said that you went from, like, overhearing, like, conversation and everything, you're like, ooh, that's, you know, so, so, ooh, that's a good song, so, that's a good thing, and it's going to just, like, writing it out and, like, going back to things. It just sounded to me more like you were just, you know, just letting your own ideas flow and just becoming more of, like, what you thought was good and what you, like, letting your own thoughts Yeah, I wasn't, through. like, trying to impress myself, which is my toughest critic, but I wasn't right. I used to write a lot to, like, impress other people, like, oh, look at this. And now I write to impress myself, and that's pretty cool because I'm very proud, then, of the stuff that I'm doing, and I think it gets me out of my own head because I'm just trying to be the best version of me that's in the moment, and it gets me to sing stuff that doesn't normally happen, but it's also much more fun and more authentic to myself. And that's really where I'm at right now. It's just trying to be authentically Alex Allegra. And what does that mean? And who is that person? So, I love it. I love it. You know, just inspiring yourself, doing this for you, because that's the best person to do it for. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, just the environment you're in, the great, beautiful Nashville, the home of country music. Uh, I gotta, I gotta know, just because I know you've been to a lot of like, live performances in uh, Nashville, it's plenty of them, yeah. and it got me thinking a lot of just those, those little like small venue uh, performances, like whether they're at um, bars or out in parks or uh, at Belmont. And I think of that and I compare it to. And it reminded me a lot of, like, the bigger uh, festivals, like Lollapalooza, Coachella. And and it got me thinking, like, there's really something about the smaller venue performances that just feels, that just connects so much better than, like, those big-time concerts and everything. And so when, uh, when you look at it, uh, Alex, how would you sort of, like, compare just the feel of those two different... Uh, different festivals and different uh, performance areas? So when I play bigger festivals, it's normally very structured. It's very go, go, go. You know, you get your time, you get your, play your music, you tear down, you got to get ready for the next person, move, move, move. And people kind of pass and they come and they go and they listen for a couple songs or if you catch them with the right song and they're dancing and they're having fun, they'll stay for a little bit. And I find that in Nashville, too, that happens, especially when you play, like, some of the downtown areas where they're just looking more for a fun dance time. But when you get into the – what's very special about Nashville is when you get into these writer rounds and you get into these more intimate places where people want to sit down and listen to music, and especially original music that hasn't been heard, it's a very unique experience to play for those types of people. And those are the people that – you know, want to come up and explain how you, their, your song has touched them. And those are the special moments in a songwriter's life where it doesn't matter who likes it. 
you were proud of what you did and somebody else in that audience connected with you. And that's really all you do this whole thing for. Songwriting is such a weird profession where you have to not care enough to want to do it all the time and just push and push and push. But you also have to have enough people that like you to make money off of it. So you can do it and keep going and show the business side, hey, I know what I'm doing, and hey, there's reasons why you should back me and support me. Um, and it's always such a weird fine line of which side to stand on sometimes. But when you get those special moments of the writer's rounds and getting people that come up to you right after and they're so excited to meet you and say, wow, you know, your song is exactly what I said last week or it's exactly what I'm going through right now. I had a couple moments like that back home when I would play some of, like, the smaller coffee shops. They would actually sit and listen for a song or two, and they would be like, I just got out of this horrific breakup, and your song just helped me so much because it was exactly what I was feeling, and I needed to know that somebody else was going through that same feeling at some point because I didn't think I was so alone in feeling this way. Um, that's what, that's one reason why the next song that I have coming out is very special to me because I, some people didn't get it at first, but then they would go around and find that other people had the similar experience that I had and they'd get back to me and they'd be like, she said it exactly like you did. And I don't know how I've never noticed that that's how life goes. And that's so funny that you captured that. And it's so sweet and touching to be able to capture that for somebody. It's gotta be, you know, because you're, that means your music, like you've hit them, it's become so relatable and just so, like, just profound and so touching for them that, you know, you've, I'm sure you've inspired a lot of them, you know, after they were sad from that breakup, your music's got them feeling like, you know, I can get through this. And so I, I love that you're able to just sort of provide those incredible feelings for others. And so I just want to talk a little bit more about you, uh, as an artist, so would you want to see yourself in the future, like being like becoming and staying like independent, or would you see yourself like signing like to maybe like Universal or whatever um, people, uh, whatever uh, major recording labels? I would love to eventually move up in in the business world around here, but I would do it on the right with the right people. I have always dreamed of getting to play the stadium tours and and defining success in this industry as having number one records and selling out stadiums and opening for people and being respected by my peers. So I don't know what that looks like as far as what, you know, what record label is going to sign me or what management is going to sign me, but I, I know what the right team looks like when I get there, and I've been fortunate enough to have seen a lot of things firsthand through either internships or jobs or um, other people's personal experiences with the record labels and industry people around here to know what feels good for me and what would be the perfect match for me. Interesting. Okay. Because one thing that an artist always has to look out for when I get into uh, a mainstream with a um, big record label is always being looking out for looking out um, for the like label itself because there's a lot of ways that an artist can get screwed over, whether by, like, crooked management or a label or even, like, the ticket companies. Like, you you saw the um, uh, lawsuit with Taylor Swift and uh, Ticketmaster, huh? Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. So many... I think... Go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You... Yeah, just uh, I just wanted to hear, like, your opinion on how uh, how an artist can, like, just try to, like save themselves and try to like manage through this um, through all these different uh, trials and tribulations because we both know there are a lot of them. So have you th um, yeah. given uh, um, given thought about uh, how you navigate through that? Yes, and I think it's a lot of rolling with the punches um, sometimes, which I know from personal experience I need to work on sometimes. I have very much planned out things the way that I want them. And so when things don't go according to plan, I've definitely learned to laugh at myself a lot more than I have in the past um, and not been so strict on myself about how it's supposed to go. But I think it's just defining your your own expectations of what you want. There, 
people do it in love all the time. Like they have, they have what they want and who they want in a person. And if those expectations are too high, then, you know, they move on. And I think that if the right people come along, then they're going to kind of meet you where you're at and where you want to go and see that success for you as well. And there are plenty of people in this industry that will champion people based off of who they want to champion and believe in. So finding those right people are very important um, and not just looking at a paycheck. Uh, that's that's at least a big thing for me. And it's such a critical time in music right now for you to be doing a lot of the work yourself. So if you've already got your own little powerhouse crew of your you, yourself, and I working out and the right people aren't coming along, then that's fine. You keep pushing. And if you're happy and you're doing music and you're successful in your own way, then then that's 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 good. That's what you want to be doing. Um, I think we all want to strive for bigger and better sometimes as a musician because it does get personal on a note where you want everyone to hear and, and care about your music as much as you do sometimes. And that's great to have those goals and 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 that's where just having that self motivation comes in because you have to know in yourself that you are doing what's good for you. So trying to roll with all the new technology and, you know, maybe you don't like this one app. And if you really feel strongly about that, don't have that app. You know, I think TikTok was like everyone tried to push TikTok out for so long and then they finally had to break down and accept that TikTok was here to stay and you needed to get on it. But I think learning to have fun with it in your own way, I think people see through the insincerity of a lot of the stuff so fast. And that's where I think a lot of people drop off. Um, from the labels and stuff, but if you're able to say, this is what I want, this is where I see myself, and knowing that those are your expectations for who you are as a person, then I think that's how you handle it, is you stick to your guns. Well said. Well said, Alex. Now let's just go on to your other ventures, because I understand you're an ambassador for the uh, boutique uh, company uh, Pink Lilies. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a new thing. Yeah. Well, just like indulge us a little bit on that. Like how you became, what you like about it. Tell all. Yeah. I, I love Pink Lily's clothes. I've been shopping online at their boutique and they have a store up in Kentucky that me and my friends are going to road trip to one day um, to go and see it in person because it's not too far away from us right now. But uh, I really loved their women owned business and how they want to empower women through their power of clothing, and I think I do that with my music a lot, especially with the new song I have coming out. It's all about empowering yourself. So why not work with a company that's going to empower not only women, but empower people who just want to be the best versions of themselves through, and they just have a new line out called Pink Lily Beauty, and that's, you know, through the power of makeup and everything else, um, they're empowering women to be the best versions of themselves. So I really loved working with the company and their um so supportive. We have so many groups, and they're all so nice and just want to meet everybody. And it doesn't feel like networking with a company like that. It feels like, hey, let's just get together and share a product that we love and be supported by other strong and powerful women. Beautiful. You know, strong and powerful women and just being able to do this uh, company, be a part of be a part of this company. And i got to imagine this is great. Would it... Have you now just one more question as like second to last question. Have you ever thought about like setting up your own like little company or your own little small business? Yes, I've thought about it for a number of different things. Right now I'm in the process of potentially putting together some merch and I've always thought of what I want those little staples to be because I used to wear a lot of um guitar strings uh necklaces and, and bracelets and stuff. So I would love to incorporate some like guitar string jewelry. And I know a lot of companies help women in those ways as well with those products that they sell downtown in Nashville. Um other than that I don't think I've really thought about any other stores or businesses. Maybe photography. I've been really getting into photography lately so I'd love to take my photography to other places. Nice, nice. Now, it's on to my final question. What do you think the arts have taught you most about yourself? The arts have taught me 
who I am. I've never felt as confident as I do when I am on a stage. I've never felt like myself. I, I say I play a, a character of myself, but it's the side that I want people not just to see but to understand in me because it's, it's my diary is my songs, essentially. It's everything that I've never been able to fully express. I'm a very outward talker, outwardly, like, expressor and talker, and when I – have something that's in my mind, it gets stuck there, and I have to, like, process outwardly and get it out and talk to people over and over and over again until I feel comfortable with it. But when I write a song about it, it it lifts all the weight out of the problems that I'm having, and it just makes me feel like this is my personal coping, and, and, and through that, I've been able to figure out who I am just on a very basic level of of who I am as a person and what I want to do and how I want to be expressive and, and express myself and show people all the different sides of my personality that you may only get. If you talk to me for a day, you may only see one side. If you talk to me for a week, you may see one or two sides of me, but you aren't getting like the full spectrum of my personality. And I think music really helps do that. I also believe that music is just a big basis in a lot of people's brains, whether they know it or not. And it's always surprised me how much it has an impact on you. And while some may see art as a dying form and, you know, it's not as funded as other things in schools, it's a shame because I always go back to this one podcast. We listened to an English class about a girl, a woman who had Alzheimer's and was um, kind of on her last days here. And she didn't even listen to music, but there was a music therapist that came into her room, didn't speak English, but she played this song, Edelweiss, and this woman lit up and was like, I listened to that song as a child. It's one of the last memories you have. Um, music is like the part of your brain that stays the longest when you have Alzheimer's. So I think the arts are just a really unique thing to express and be able to express, and I don't take that for granted. Well, that is beautiful so ladies and gentlemen that concludes <laughs> episode 26 of the upcoming i want to give another big thank you to my guest alice allegra so yes thank you so much for coming on to this alex this has been a wonderful time chatting with you so ladies and gentlemen as like i said it's it for this episode be sure to uh, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, and also at the, uh, the upcomingsimplecastcom That is our website. We will find all the episodes of the upcoming. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. And stay tuned for the next episode. And with that said, good night. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, be sure to follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore upcoming podcast. Best yet to come. Take care, everybody.